Good afternoon. Uh, welcome, everybody, to today's ILTA uh, pre-recorded podcast panel interview. Um, sitting in the hot seat, extreme litigation support. I'm your moderator, uh, Jill Okerlund. I am legal process coordinator at Robinson Bradshaw. And I am thrilled to be joined by a um, fantastic group of panelists today. We have, first we have Stephanie Mills. She um, is the manager of Discovery Services at uh, Castlesbrock and Blackwell. Hi, Stephanie. And then we have um, Tim Piganelli. He is the CEO of the Piganelli Consulting Group. And last but not least, we have David Gomez, uh, Practice Support Project Manager at Robinson Bradshaw. Uh, welcome, everybody. And um, I think it would be great if we took a few minutes here and let you all kind of um, introduce yourself. Great. Um, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie Mills. I am the manager of Discovery Services uh, at Castlesbrock in Toronto, Canada. I have been in the legal services industry for 20 years. Um, I have participated, had the privilege to participate in a number of trials throughout the tenure of my 20 years, and I'm excited to uh, be a part of this panel today. So thank you for including me. Well, thank you, Stephanie. I'm excited that you are that you're here today and sharing all of your knowledge on this topic. Um, Tim, would you like to go next? Sure, sure. I'm Tim Piganelli, uh, owner and founder of Piganelli Consulting Group, uh, uh, trial consulting litigation support company. I've, I've been at it a little bit longer than my distinguished colleagues. Um, uh, about 30 years started in 1994, which means uh, if there's holes and pitfalls out there. I've dropped in them over the years. And so um, I've done about 300 trials um, over the last 30 years, uh, some small, some large. And uh, um, we also do a bit of graphics and animation. So I've seen a lot around the world, but uh, excited to be uh, on this board, proud and honored to be on the stage with the distinguished colleagues and all of you. So looking forward to this session. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you, Tim. That's 300 trials. I'm excited to hear um, what you have to say on this topic. You've been <laughs> many, in the hot many, seat mistakes, for sure. many mistakes. Yeah, many mistakes. Yes. I don't like. yeah. And David. Uh, thank you. Hi, I'm David Gomez. I am the Practice Support Project Manager here at Robinson Bradshaw. I've been here four years, but um, I go way back to Carlton Fields in 2000. Started off as a software trainer and transitioned into covering all aspects of practice support from helping process data to trials. And uh, I am nowhere near where, where Tim is at with his uh, length and scope of uh, trials, although I've done roughly probably about 120. So I don't think I'll catch up, but I'm, I'm behind. I can see him ahead. <laughs> so it's it's been great. Uh, I enjoy it. And I am looking forward to today's discussion. Thank you, David. Yes, and I'm excited um, that you're on the panel to share some of your um, knowledge in this area as well. Um, all right, the kind of um, the first question I wanted to ask, and I know you all kind of just touched on this a bit, but, um, you know, how did you get here? I guess not just your background, but kind of it's more of like what what really led to, you know, to you wanting to be in that hot seat? Um, I know it's not a seat that a lot of people really choose. So um, if you want to share kind of, you know, how you got here, that would be great. 
Sure. Um, I can start. Um, I, I recall being volunteered one day for a trial. Um, someone said, hey, we've got some stuff that we want to show. Uh, can you bring a projector and a screen to the courthouse and a laptop so we can show some PDFs, I think was the, the technical uh, breadth of what was needed for that. And that was probably in about 2001, I'm guessing. And from there, it's gotten a little more complicated, a little more fun, and a little more interesting. So, but uh, yeah, I started off just as a, I think it was a general request, didn't know what I was doing, but loved it. I have loved it ever since. Great, thank you. Um, and uh, Stephanie? Similar to David's experience, it was, it was by accident. I was voluntold one day that <laughs> I would be participating on a trial and I said, great, yeah, that sounds like fun. Um, and it was about, Around this time, I, I want to say like 20 years ago around uh, the holiday season. So that's the extra stress, I think, that came along with it. But I just loved it. There's an extra pressure. There's thriving there that you don't get in your daily you know, litigation life. And it's it's a it's a trauma bonding experience, as some of my colleagues like to say. And um, whenever there is a trial, I'm always sort of interested either A, to participate or B, how to best support uh, my team. Uh, so that we can make it through to the other side and really celebrate those successes. So again, usually it's by accident, but as soon as you, you, I think you, you get to be involved in one, it's either it's a love or hate. And for me, it was a love. And, and I look forward to all of them that are coming across my desk more frequently because of my, my initial experience. Awesome. Thank you, Stephanie. And what about you, Tim? Well, unlike uh, Stephanie and David, I kind of come from a little bit background. I, Started off uh, my career in, in accident reconstruction. So I was doing, uh, I got a mechanical engineering background and started doing accident reconstruction. So started working with lawyers, doing these markups and creating animations and um, exhibits for attorneys as to what happened in uh, car accidents, motorcycle, truck, and so forth. So I sort of fell into that that way. When I left there, I started working for um, the company called Envision, which created Trial Director, which ultimately, be, I mean, Trial Trial Link, which ultimately became Trial Director. Uh, so immediately when I went into that job, they were in the field of trial presentation um, and, and developed a tool for that. So you all needed to, we all needed to kind of train and learn how to do that. So immediately we knew we'd be assisting lawyers with technology and of course presenting and trial was one of them like stephanie and david i i do love it, it it's it's you know uh, we all used to say you know three years of litigation and all this planning and i'm probably being a bit facetious here funnels through your fingertips on that keyboard and mouse as you present what is three years of long hard work in a courtroom it's exciting being in in conference rooms listening to the strategy and and being in the courtroom it, it, it is stressful. Um, I mentioned how many trials I've done. I'm still nervous uh, when I bring up that first slide or that birth exhibit, but uh, it, it's sort of a, uh, uh, it, it's a challenge and, and I enjoy being there, especially when the results are positive. So it's been a good run and I'll, I'll continue to do it until they, until they kick me out. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Perfect. And what about you, David? Um, for, for me, um, I guess really, I, I guess in terms of, are we talking about marketing? No, how, um, I guess. Cause sorry. I, I started, <laughs> I started the question. I'm sorry. No, 
<laughs> all right, that's my right. bad. We are on to our next question. Okay. Um, and yes, you're right, David. We are talking about marketing. <laughs> um, so how do you um, kind of market your skill set and your services um, to your firm? I'll let people kind of know that you're, that you're here and you're doing this and, and um, offer yourself up for service. I think it very much goes to, obviously, within a firm environment, um, Tim's experience, I believe, will be a little bit different on this one. But for a firm environment, you do need that one trial. And that's all you need, I feel, to enable to market yourselves if this is the course and direction you want your career to take. Um, You have that one trial under your belt. You're then able to speak to the various lawyers with other matters where you find out they have a trial. You can sort of pop your head in and say, hey, like, have you thought about this? And are you comfortable with that? Um, Really, it's becoming that lead project manager or puppeteer to make sure that everything is flowing well and being able to speak to your experience and market that. So I sometimes, you know, um, a session something like this is one where I can bring back to my firm and say, I am speaking on this because I have that experience and I enjoy this type of work. So if there's anything that you know that I could be assisting on, please let me be involved, or at least please let me coordinate with the project manager you have involved in this so that we can make sure that we're all thinking uh, of the things that could go right and go wrong, know the technology that you're using, and really being able to speak to that. Um I've also had the opportunity to, if there are particular pieces of technology that are being used, we have various power user groups in uh, in play within our firm so that if there's a lawyer who's going to trial and they're not familiar with a particular piece of technology, they will come and speak to our group. And then we will be able to pinpoint a particular person who can speak to that and assist with the technology that's being used. Um, and we make um, our presence known by sort of sending out different notices or different articles on different pieces of technology, whether it be a change or something that could be useful to a lawyer down the road, Um, at least they'll have that article or that information to point to and then potentially come back and speak to us about it, which is fantastic. Um, And then just there's just the water cooler talk as well, like when we are in the office uh, you know, someone just says, oh, how are you? And you could say, oh, I just finished, you know, a six week trial. And wow, how was it? It was fantastic. And then again, that lawyer is going to then think to, oh, Steph was on that trial. She's going to be able to to know how I'm going to manage these exhibits and how to best organize myself so that I can be successful at trial. And it's just really sort of looking for those opportunities to talk about trial whenever you can. Uh, and some people will say, you know, that's not good cocktail conversation, but I, I think it is. <laughs> it's it's something to, uh, it's something that, you, you know, if you enjoy it, you're going to want to speak to it and you're going to want to share those experiences. Awesome. Um, and David, do you want to go ahead and then Tim can um, follow, follow up since he's got a kind of a different um, perspective here. Sure, sure. Um, to piggyback on all the stuff that Stephanie said, it's definitely, I do the same same kind of course. Um, and I always kind of joke that to some degree, we're always experts outside of our own office. And But what we bring from our different experiences when we're here and able to at least let people know, and a lot of times, certainly with somebody like Tim, you know, who's done 300 trials, he, he's probably been in more trials than most attorneys have been. And, you know, I've done 100, 120. And so getting that word out in terms of explaining 
why we're such an asset, why we're an integral part of the team is like, we've got the experience, whether it's, you know, federal, state, you know, with different court venues and setups and things like that. And we can bring that to the table saying, we may not be, you know, the, the knowledge makers when it comes to the law, but we have the experience that helps make it all flow for you in trial to make it easier. So I do like that in terms of, you know, taking that marketing skill set and saying, we've got the experience and we can help you. And whether that's, you know, very simple or very complicated, we've kind of covered it all and we can do that and we can help people with that. Yeah, and I and I think to 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 piggyback on what <clears throat> Stephanie and David said, and I'm probably going to cut my nose spite my face here, and that is I think uh, I do a good job. I come to a firm, but I'm I have to have a billable rate. I have fees. I've got expenses. I'm expensive. I think I'm worth it. But for you to market yourself, and if you're in a position like Stephanie and David to say within the firm, if you can handle it, that is the optimal way to do it. And I have trained several law firms to say. Don't get me wrong. I would love to be your consultant, but if you can do this in-house, um, it is much more an advantage to um, to do it that way. And so, people like Stephanie and David are uh, extremely um, uh, valuable to uh, to their firm. And so, um, that that is something that you need to take into consideration. Now, don't bring any outside consultants unless you have to. Having people like Stephanie and David aboard is is paramount. It's extremely helpful to any firm. You know, I, you know. I think that's something to have into consideration to market yourself within a firm. Awesome. Thank you, Tim. That, thank you definitely for that uh, perspective. Um, sort of that'll be, we can use that for, <laughs> well, we use this for, um, you know, for like, especially with David for marketing himself coming out in the firm. <laughs> um, okay. On to what's the presentation types, kind of what are your, um, you know, what are the ones that you use most, your firm in general, um, the presentation types and the tools? Yeah, I, I think, um, um, let, let me let me kick off on this. Uh, uh, I think it was, it might've been ILTA, I can't remember, but let's for somebody ran a survey as to the most uh, types, presentation types or tools that um, people were using and the overwhelming uh, favorite, believe it or not, was PowerPoint. Um, and some of us use a lot of the trial presentation softwares over the years, but um, PowerPoint is is probably one of the easiest uh, tools for people to use. Now, it can be used incorrectly. Uh, I know it's there's a book out, Death by PowerPoint, and I've read and actually written articles adverse to that because I think it's a tool, but the, the, the types and tools of, of presentation things that are used, uh, at least as far as we're concerned, and the hundreds of firms I've worked with uh, are using PowerPoint. Now, in terms of straight presentation, we're all some familiar with some of the trial presentation products. Uh, you know, working backwards, Trial Director and OnCue are sort of the latest two that are out there. Uh, there was Sanction and Trial Max and Trial Pro over the years, but um, those types of tools. Um, are used to present. More, more recently, though, a lot of people, when it comes to just video, are using uh, the media player or VLS presenter just to present straight video. Um, they just don't want to run it through a presentation tool. So those are a couple of the, of the tools that people are using, and, and those are the most common ones. And I think we're going to get to some of, in a minute here, how, we're, how we, uh, the variety of what to use for when, but in terms of those types of tools that I see in the firms and the ones that I use are, are those in there. Uh, David, what's your thought? Um, 
everything that you said, because you've basically covered, you know, PowerPoint and the trial presentation tools, but I'll, I'll throw in, in terms of a tool, um, still demonstratives. There's still a, a good, uh, there's, there's can be a valid reason as to why you might want to make a physical demonstrative and have it on an easel next to the witness or other things. Um, so when you're looking at tools, it's not necessarily all about technology. It's still about the presentation and that presentation can cover a wide variety of things. Uh, it's a bit different in Canada, um, Ontario specifically, where I practice. We've been mandated by the courts to use case lines. Um, and that's going over not too badly. Like It's very different. Um, sometimes it works as in a complete virtual environment where you're just using case lines. There's other um, instances where you're using it in a hybrid where people are attending in person. You have your paper copies ooh, and as well as you have case lines in order to assist. And, and more and more we're seeing judges adopt to the case lines usage. Um, and across a lot of our provinces as well, people are pointing to particular uh, software, specifically case lines, so that they can use that for their presentation tool. Right. Well, thank you. Um, and that um, kind of leads into the next question um, I wanted to to ask you all, and that is, um, you know, what are the most important considerations, you know, when you're determining you know, the presentation types um, that you will be using for the various forums? Yeah, and, and I think we, we, we've, um, um, Stephanie, David, and I have kind of alluded a little bit to it, but um, certainly uh, the facets of, of, of a trial litigation, there's an opening statement, of course, direct and cross, some argument, and, and of course, closing argument, and then you talk about mediations or arbitrations. Um, I, I think in terms of direct and cross-examinations, using a presentation tool like an on-cue or trial director is extremely important. And, uh, and, and here we go, amongst my 30 years, here comes the war stories. Um, I had uh, had a scripted presentation. It was in PowerPoint, and another was actually done in trial director, but it was pre-built. And the slides or graphics or exhibits were coming up and they were pre-highlighted for uh, an expert. And our adverse counsel objected that it was uh, leading and the objection was sustained. And the judge said, you know, I don't, I don't want to see any more of that quote unquote yellow stuff. I think he was trying to say highlighting. And this was years ago. So I couldn't use my highlighter through the remainder of the trial. Point being is when it comes to examinations, not making it look so scripted, certainly the on cues, the tri uh, trial director, for those type of presentations are paramount. It doesn't look scripted, it doesn't look phony, even though we all know the hours of preparation on a direct exam that went on in the war room, we still wanna make it look like a general conversation. By contrast, um, the opening statement, closing arguments, and even some intense expert witness directs, I do use PowerPoint um, because you could go slide by slide or step by step and use sort of an animated process. It's much faster than pulling up an exhibit, zooming, tearing out, highlighting, having it all set. Whereas when you bring up a slide, it's either all there or can be done. And as we all know in PowerPoint, you could jump from say slide two to slide 40. You don't have to go in the line. And so I like using those tools for, for those type of presentations where you, you've got a lot to cover. And so um, the, the video uh, deposition opens up a whole thing. We could talk all day on, on video and video depositions, but you know, you, you, you wanna use video when necessary. You wanna use video depositions 
when it's necessary. And I'll let I'll let David and Stephanie comment a little bit more about um, uh, the the considerations for that. But for me, you you have to you have to use what tools appropriate for the presentation, and it's important. <laughs> so don't make the mistake I did, which is having something pre-treated uh, on a direct, and then you get an objection, and now you've got 40 more slides, or you've got 30 more exhibits pre-treated, and you're sitting there, and now what? So, um, but um, that, that, that's kind of my two cents on it. Stephanie, what's your thoughts? Um, I'm the same. Like, uh, you have to go with what's going to work best for not only the lawyers and the witnesses and to, you know, have the conversation. Um, obviously, again, because we are mandated to use a particular piece of technology, it's a bit different of what we choose to guide us. Um, with respect to an arbitration, however, we do use the technology that um, is going to be most beneficial for our uses within the within the arbitration room. So, um, but I echo all your sentiments of you just you need to be able to choose something that's um, agreeable to your witness and the lawyer, and as well as to be able to pivot to something else should something go awry. Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll add on to the add-ons that I think a lot of times, and I think you'll agree that as soon as a trial starts, everything you prepared for is gone. I mean, you're, you're now, you're now going on the fly and particularly when you're crossing witnesses, you, you have an outline of sorts, but you may have to change that outline. So having like all these pre-treated decks, so to speak, and trying to go through it. So you do have to really call it out on the fly. And, and sometimes with that, you know, again, I always try to be the unseen hand when it comes to working in trial that I'm just kind of augmenting the story that the attorney's trying to tell. So sometimes calling up the page of the main contract and then going to page two and then focusing on page three keeps the jury's interest because they're saying, okay, here's the contract. Okay, we're going to the specific page. And oh, now I'm looking at this third paragraph. They're not looking at everything, whereas you just kind of throw up a slide that has the call out, that has the highlight may look a little too prepared and mm. where it's more conversational as you watch the flow, as you get into the the more directed area that you're looking at. So I, you know, it's kind of a balance and being a single person entity when it comes to trial support, I'm the one that has to create everything the night before and then be ready the next morning. So outlines are a godsend when I can get one from an attorney, which is always yeah. helpful. So. No doubt, David. Spoke, spoken like a true veteran on that. That 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 is so true. That that uh, all the planning and prep and Stephanie, I'm sure the same way is it it, it changes uh, all the way up to when they get to the podium and start presenting and literally got to change horses midstream. So um, right, uh, it's true. Like having your script available, whether I ask for it the night before and then the morning of, and then if there's a break, I want to see it again and again and again. So I know exactly where we are. And if we're jumping around, I'm going to be prepared so that I know where we're going, what document is coming up. And it all, it looks like it's running smoothly, but there's heart palpitations come in at the, you know, when. Right. They, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. The script is paramount to making sure that everything is planned appropriately and that you can pivot to, to get to somewhere else if needed. Right. Yeah. And, and that script really constitutes what tools you're probably going to use. Yep. I think it may change and sound like, I'm not sure what's headed for me, but it's, and so, yeah, I think, I think, uh, um, it's ever so changing if it's one thing. <laughs> and it even works well. Like I've had it where I've had that script and, you know, a lawyer doesn't use like two sections of what they were meant to ask a witness on. We'll take a break and then he'll ask, is there anything else that I need to go and ask about? And I can go back to those portions of the script, have my documents ready to go. 
and and then we're set for after the break. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you all for that. And so, and here's a big question. Um, uh, what do you do when the technology fails? It never <laughs> fails. <laughs> you, you see these, yeah. you see these gray hairs over here, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I used exactly. to have a full head of hair. Um, <laughs> I, I guess the the biggest thing for because again it's technology. I mean, you know, Zoom can freeze up on you. It's just breathe. You know, just know that at some point it probably is going to fail. But have kind of a backup plan. You know, hot swap out. Have a laptop that's all ready to go if it's the laptop. If it's a total technology technology failure, at least from that standpoint, see if there's a document camera in the courtroom that you can use and go to paper you know, and, and display the paper. Uh, if if it's technology altogether, typically you have binders of the main exhibits that you can then hand out and use it that way. But always look to see, again, what you can do to kind of mitigate the issues. But again, having a backup and having a backup to that backup and just kind of go through the different iterations. Is it near lunch where the judge will allow you time to break and then you can try to troubleshoot and see what's going on? You know, back in the day, it used to be the bulb would go out on the projector. Now, <laughs> we don't typically have that anymore because it's all basically monitor based. But there are issues is like you always carried an extra bulb. And if you do use a projector, make sure you do have an extra bulb as an example. But again, just kind of work through the process. Awesome. Thank you, David. Anybody else um, want to, to chime in there? It's it's at the backup of a backup of a backup. It's you want to make sure that you know where every piece of material is so that if something goes awry, you have a backup to be able to say, I don't have that in this piece of technology that we're using, but here it is over here. And in the same breath, you know, the I think there's, you know, David kind of said it in jest of just breathing, but you do want to make sure that you keep calm under that pressure. You don't show that you're flustered and you're managing it in the most calm and and methodical way possible so that we're not making as big of a deal of it as it actually is um, when it happens. And it happens to everybody. So you need to keep that in mind as well. It doesn't happen all the time. But in the same breath, prepare preparation is key. If you have the backup to something else, there's always a workaround and it's staying calm in order to make sure that you know where those workarounds are to make sure that it can be employed. Yeah, the, the only thing I, I add is, as Stephanie hit the nail on the head, is stay calm. The last thing you want when when technology fails or something is to make your attorney, whoever's at the podium, feel nervous. I, I always used to say, am, am I nervous about this presentation going correctly because I'm trying to, the, what will the jury think or what will my client, the attorney, and my client who is sitting either probably at counsel table will think? And so oftentimes jurors don't care. I've had the, the, the luxury, I think, of, of polling jurors after a trial. And, and if you ever get a chance to do that, I suggest you do it. And I asked them, was it a big deal when, you know, um, the other side or our side was not able to bring up an exhibit? They're like, no, we don't know any better. It's much quicker and so forth. But it's Stephanie's point of just staying calm and, and, and you know, work through it if you've got to take a few minute break so what it, it, you know. now right in the middle of a heated cross-examination yeah you don't want anything to happen and as david's already said the the two laptops running simultaneously is probably the single thing i would suggest you do uh, to do that but if, there could be times technology fails and it's not your fault it's the court's fault or it's the you know the system that's set up for you but stay calm you know 
in seconds or minutes, you could you could regroup and and you're on your way. And don't make your examining lawyer nervous. That'll be the worst thing you want. They'll be like, okay, no big deal. They'll take a break. So, um, awesome. And Tim, that was probably a good segue here to my last question with this couple of minutes we have left, um, which is um, some tips and tricks you've learned um, throughout your years. And so, um, Stephanie, would you like to um, to start? We probably have maybe time for one from each of you. Sure. Um, so I would say, you know, if you don't plan, you're planning to fail. So plan. Um, know every detail. Know where everything is. Know the key arguments. Know who your witnesses are, where they can be found. Um, you need to plan because that gives you the confidence to be able to say, I can, I know where everything is. I can help you. I can get this sorted out for you. Just give me two minutes because you have planned properly and there'll be less surprises that way. So plan. Thank you. And um, David? Sure. I've got so many. I got to choose one. Um, <laughs> Choose one of those hard. I know. I know. This, so, this was this I, was the best part of this, and not to a little bit, but when we when we met, you know, and I know it's like all the tips that that I've learned from these two was amazing. But I'm sorry, David, I'm right. cutting into your time. That's okay. Um, I'll just do a general one from a practical manner. Get to know the courtroom personnel. They are going to be your best friends. The the whether they're marshals, the deputies, the the trial court administrator, they're the ones who are going to be able to get you into the courtroom. They're the ones who are going to be able to allow you to get in early. And if something's going on, you know, they are the best resource. So know the layout, know where you're going, and that helps immensely when things go wrong, if things go wrong. Yeah. And, and I think uh, the communication, uh, uh, to, to echo what we said earlier, twofold. One, I always might tell people the quick tip is to communicate with the legal team, the attorneys, and let them know all the possibilities that exist. I can put two documents up at once, or we can create these visuals or animated steps. That communication of letting them know what tools are in your arsenal, what what features in, in, that you have so that if they want to do something, they can move forward. And along that lines of the communication we've set up before, probably the most important is get the scripts, the opening, the direct cross early in advance so that you know what's coming and, and let you prepare. And and uh, David and Stephanie alluded to that. And I just think that is, those those are probably the best tips and top tips that, you know, and plan and test, but we've said that. So. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much. Um, I really, this has been um, very insightful for sure. And um, thank you to the audience too, for whom um, will be tuning in um, hopefully soon to, to view and listen to this session. Um, and um, we hope you all enjoy and have a great day. So, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.